What's going on, y'all? This is Lita Johnson, and we coming here for some Villanova radio for y'all, man. Look at what Villanova is doing. 28 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists by Phil Booth. This, I mean, when you see a guy like that, it's kind of like seeing Brian Dawkins of the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? I mean, crazy. Crazy how he is able to develop this demeanor and be this type of player, you know? Um... Hart, I mean, he had a couple of struggles last couple of games, or he was asked to be a point last game. I mean, he does whatever Jay Wright tells him. He's been through five years. He's been through surgeries. You know what I mean? I mean, this year, God has been – God has something bigger for him. God has something bigger. It's the reason why he had the medical red shirt. God. It's all God. This is my Villanova Radio title. God has something bigger for Big Phil Booth. Because could you even imagine a better fifth, uh, a fifth year senior? Could you even imagine a last, a better last year than what Phil Booth has had? I mean, he is something different and he's always been clutch. Mr. Clutch. He's, uh, I think he's the, out of all the guys that played from Brunson to Bridges to Hart, he's Mr. Clutch. Jermaine Samuels, there we go again, seeing that, seeing that, that piece. That piece in Jermaine Samuels where he shows the talent that made him the number one recruit in 2017. If you look at Colin Gillespie and what he's doing, and you look at Dada and what he's doing, right? And look at them two guys, and they're, 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 they're getting their time, right? As much as Colin's average is doing. When Jermaine plays, it's a different team. You know, if Colin scored 30 points, we usually win. But Jermaine ain't got to score 30. For when Jermaine is elite on both sides of the floor, if nobody even sees that, Jay Wright has made him a better defensive player. Jay Wright develops players. This is, the, I think he's the, if you want to look at Jay Wright developing players, you can start with him and Michael Bridges. You can even start with Phil Booth. Phil Booth is one, but I think looking at Samuels and his growth from last year to this year is better. People say, oh, it's games he didn't shoot. Well, he's still learning. Wearing where his place is at, letting the, you know, Pascal Booth set the tone. And then when Jay Wright says, hey, it seems like Jermaine just go to a whole nother, you know, he, he don't know what to do until he's told yet. You know what I mean? Because he's still got two leaders. And then, you know, Colin gets the ball. He brings it up. He's the guard. that brings it up. So those are the three guys, the focal points, you know, of this, of this team. You know, Booth, Pascal, and Gillespie. The three focal points of this team is Booth, Pascal, and Gillespie. So with those guys... They said that when they don't do nothing, because I'm telling you, Gillespie, I told you all about Gillespie, man. Gillespie can play ball. He's a great ball. He's a tough defender. He's a tough player. You know, that's another player that um, you look at it. It's another player that has been developed. Kyle Gillespie, you know I mean, he's already been tough. Then you put the Jay right in him. Look at him. I mean, if he's not scoring, he don't have to always score. To be a to be a player, he plays good defense and he he leads the team. You know, Jermaine Samuels is a, a great athlete, super athlete. He can rebound real good. He can, he can also pass. He's starting to show that he's developed. He's grown before your eyes. Next year it's going to be different. I'm telling y'all now, the start line to me, the, the update to start line is going to be Javon Quinley, Colin Gillespie, um, Jermaine Samuels, Sadiq Bay, and and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I feel like, could be the center unless Dada, Dada I, I think Dada I start, but Robinson Earl takes some of the minutes. 
at the five position. So will Eric Dixon. And then Robinson Earl also be on the, on the four position. And they can be able to pick Cole Swatter at the, it's going to be a lot of switching going on between their four and five position. They got so many options right there. You got Brandon Slater. I think Brandon Slater will be the backup to Jermaine Samuels. This is, I think, looking at, if you look at a J Wright team, you look at it like, okay, now you see who the guys are. I think Sadiq Bay and Jermaine Samuels will not be put on the bench. I just don't see that happening. I think both those guys being in the trenches, Colin Gillespie being in the trenches, and the same thing with Kyle Gillespie. Listen, those are experienced guys. I, I think that'll happen. Until it's different, I don't think – I think Dada, I, start, I think both five stars will be on the bench. But they'll get starters minutes because you can put Robinson Earl from the four to the five. He'll get that switch. He'll get that switch. It'll be times you'll see Swider and Robinson Earl on the floor. It'll be times you'll see Robinson Earl and Dada on the floor. It'll be times you'll see Robinson Earl maybe Dixon on the floor. You'll see a lot of switches. Then you got – Antoine, if you got Quinterly, listen, Quinterly's just a better ball handler. He's faster, quicker. You need a guy like that to be your point guard. You know, Colin's a little slower. Colin's smart, but he's slower. He's not as athletic as Quinterly is. You know, he could dunk on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Quinterly's more quick, fat, do the moves. They need a guy like that who could chop up defenses, make them run around the court. You know what I'm saying? Make, get them tired. You need a guy like that. Gillespie can shoot from the outside. He can drive in. He can post you up. So you need to let him beat Gillespie. And he can still, he's going to be able to give you passes and rebound a little bit. You know what I mean? Gillespie needs to be able to beat Gillespie. When he gets that ball in his hands, you need to let Gillespie be their scorer. I feel like that's the, the big point. You know, Gillespie being the scorer. Let him be able, let Quinterly penetrate this out to Gillespie because they're going to forget all about Gillespie. I guarantee you next year, people still don't know how good this Villanova team is this year. The guys, the sophomores and the freshmen. Cole Swider's going to have a super year next year. I mean, they're getting prepared for next year. These guys are all going to come back and be ready for next It's going to make Villanova a way better team. What makes them better than uh, teams that could be National championship contenders like Florida and Arizona and Louisville. And, um, I mean, so many guys, Gonzaga's going to come back. I don't think they'll be as strong as – they won't be as strong as the other teams this year. Right, you're going to have so many Duke, Kentucky. They're going to be doing their thing. They're going to have players. But it's going to make Jay Wright. Jay Wright is the better coach. The way he develops players is completely an elite way of developing players. Now – we come back and we look at how good Jay Wright has developed Samuels. You've had games where you're like, oh, Samuels, but really the last, since this Big East tournament, Samuels has been something different. He's been something totally, the, the last, from the ending of the season, when he had that 20 plus point game where he went off that career high since then. Samuels has been something different. You're seeing a different growth in Jermaine Samuels. His confidence is getting bigger to take that shot. Okay, you know what? I need this. Because in the, at one time in the Xavier game, listen, Pascal and Booth was like, where are they at? I mean, Booth was there. But Pascal, where is he at? Booth started getting a little, huh? Then he was like, all right, time to, time to kick it up. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> time to kick it up. Well, they need to Pascal. Booth, they need a Booth to set the tone. Booth wasn't there yet. He was not there yet. He was both Booth and Pascal were both cold. And then here they come. Here come Booth. 
and Pascal, you know, the, then the big man, that the, the X factor that helped it all. You can talk about Booth as well, you want all them points that Booth scored and, you know, Pascal coming in with the tip. No, if 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 Jermaine Samuels wouldn't have put them in the position with them two three-pointers, we wouldn't be talking like this, right? It'd be a different game. Jermaine Samuels is another guy. It's time for him to be Jermaine Samuels. I mean, this guy could absolutely be something different next year. So that's that's my starting five. That's my starting five right now. I think the experience is what I'm going to go with. Until, I mean, like I said, Antoine is going to come in and get started as minutes, man. That's what's going to happen. And it's a possibility that it could be Quinley and Antoine. Now, I'm just telling y'all, I'm going with, but also let's switch up to the one that I think will eventually end up by the time midseason hits. If that, if that start line starts out like that, I feel like it's going to be Antoine and Quinley. I still think that's going to happen. Gillespie will always get starters minutes. You can always throw Antoine at the three position. Antoine is a one and done. He's out of here. Out of here. There's a, a possibility. Tim Duncan stayed. Daniel Gaffin stayed with Arkansas. And he could have been a lottery pick. Tim Duncan would have been the number one pick. He stayed in junior season. He stayed to his senior season. So you get a guy like Brian Antoine who could stay to you. He could. But I don't think that's happening. I do not think that's happening. And what's fun about this lineup is that this this team is that you can go Colin Gillespie and 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 Antoine. And the crazy part is that Quinley's gonna get more minutes than last year, than, than this year right here. He's gonna get more minutes because they're gonna throw. I, I honestly believe that one lineup that's gonna get thrown in there is the Quinley Gillespie Antoine. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. And possibly Eric Dixon. It's almost like a death lineup. Or you could throw Sadiq Bay with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I mean, that's that's two good lineups right there. Or you could even throw Cole Swatter with Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl gonna get so much time uh, next year. Him and Antoine are gonna get that time next year. These two guys can ball. Like they can ball, they can step right in and give you something. But it's crazy because I think Justin Moore, Eric Dixon can do the same thing. It's just that they won't get the chance right now in the backcourt. Justin Moore will be backing up the two-guard position, period. He'll be the backup two-guard, the backup point guard, one or the other. If it's Quinterly and Gillespie, you're going to have Moore and Antoine. And you're going to see Antoine play a lot of three in there. You know, you're going to see that because Quinterly is going to get that time. The, the whole base around this is that people don't understand. He didn't get the starting position like I thought he was going to get. And you want to tell, ask me why he wasn't ready, man? Listen, there aren't too many true point guards like Jalen Prince. Okay, he was ready. But at the same time, that's a different scenario. I mean, if you look at the guards that they had, it had no other ball handlers in there. They could really get, you put Archie Diakono in there, who you going to put Boo Boo? wasn't ready. Booth wasn't Brunson. You know what I'm saying? Booth was not Brunson. So this is a whole nother scenario if you're looking at players. Because in that year when Brunson came, I mean, you could have Archie Diakono be a scorer. Then you could have Archie Diakono bring it up. Brunson run around, score the ball. It taught Brunson how to be the point guard, how to score in the Villanova offense. 
But when you got guys like Gillespie and Booth, I kind of figured that. I mean, it's like it's, it's. I was surprised, but wasn't surprised because that just means that Gillespie showed he was ready to lead, and he was a a guy that had experience in the championship. You want to put him in there after he's worked so hard. Gillespie worked so hard. He worked so hard. So it's, it's not nothing not to put Gillespie in there. He worked too hard. I mean, if you look at both of them and you had to make a choice, put Gillespie in there for working so hard. So I feel that. So now Quinn Lee's learning from Gillespie. He's learning from Booth. He's going to be a killer next year. If anybody knows anything and you're looking at what Jay Wright, Jay Wright definitely, and you're like, oh, no, he's not going to sit. Yeah, he could sit Antoine on the bench and he still collect a lot of minutes. Antoine's too good. He's too athletic. He's too good. But to me, just to me, I, I'm guessing on what could really happen by the future and what Villanova has brought. But to me, the best player, the best, I mean, the best lineup to really put in there is Quinterly. Just look at him this year, how he's able to slice through the defense. You know, uh, he can hit that three-point shot. Give him the 20 minutes a game he deserves. Let him have the ball and bring it up with the starting lineup. And you'll see a lot more of what you see instead of just a little this and that. And, you know what I mean? When Gillespie was hurt, you remember when Foop, I think it's always a proof factor that Wright has to have. When he knew Gillespie was ready is when Booth got hurt and Gillespie stepped up. When Gillespie was hurt that game, Quinley stepped up and was a star. He was a beast in that game. He showed exactly what Jay Wright recruited, what the country was talking about. He talked about any other game, whatever he played. That was the best game Quinley played all year. He was able to start. He came in there and he did his job. That let Jay Wright know, hey, I got to play him. So Quinley's the point guard. Until I see somebody come in there and take it like Gillespie or whatever, Quinley's the point guard. And it's, it's only two options is going to happen. Either he's going to start or he's going to get starters minutes. That's it. That's just what's going to happen. And they got so much length next year between Antoine and Slater and Bay and, 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 and uh, Samuels. There's so much length. Robinson Earl. It's a lot of length on their team. Cole Swider is not no short arm person. I mean, these guys can play and they're going to have good defense. So it's big there. So the, the popular, to me, it should be Quinterly, Antoine. I think Samuels and Bay should play. I think that's it because Bay can guard the four. He's 6'8", 230. He, he, he should be the four. And I think Robinson Earl should be the center. I think Robinson Earl should be the center. He's a power forward, but he should play center. Or uh, to me, instead of him playing center, you know, you put, I think he should be there. I, I just think he's good. But you can always be like this. Like I say, you can always be Gillespie, Antoine, let Quinterly come off. Let Quinterly and Robinson Earl come off the bench and lead a dynamic bench. Now, now just, just look at this bench. If you got Gillespie, you got Antoine. You got Dada, you got Bay, and you got Samuels. All right, that's another starting five. All of them sound good. It's just crazy. You can go. You know, that's why you go back and forth. All of them sound good. Okay, so the second bench would be this: Quinterly, Moore. Jesus, did I just say Quinterly and Moore in the backcourt? And then you got Slater, Swatter. Slater, Swatter. And Robinson Earl. What else do you? I, I think that's 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 your next five. 
Eric Dixon fall back a little bit. You know, he's the one guy I think that will get time, but won't get that type of time. I just think that's the one guy like Slater. It was this year. I think that's the guy who's going to have to fall back a little bit, learn a little bit. I think Justin Moore is going to have to fall back a little bit, learn unless he comes in spring practice and just dynamically kills you. <laughs> I mean, if you come in spring practice and show what you're about, Nine times out, because Sadiq Bey, he earned his starting spot. He was just too good. I mean, they just had to put him in there. He was just ready right now. So I feel like that's a big thing. Eric Dixon and Justin Moore, because I feel like this. Between Gillespie, he's not going to throw more into the shuffle. Unless, like I said, if he comes out, he shows something, then he'll get some time. But I think even then, if you look at it, it's going to be Quinley, Gillespie, and Antoine. They're going to have the most time out the guard. They're going to, you know, let Moore learn, let Dixon learn. Because he clearly, a lot of times, even when Swider was out, Slater could have clearly, he could have clearly, Slater could have clearly been getting time, but he didn't. So it's two guys I feel like going to fall back. He's not going to throw everybody in there. That three-guard rotation is going to be times where I think Slater even gets some shooting guard potential because he could play there. He, and then he, he's been rated as a shooting guard out of high school, then he went small forward. I think that's going to happen because there's going to be some plays when you got Sadiq Bay. Because I think that could even happen. Another lineup. A lineup. Here's another one. Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah Robson Earl, and Dada. And, and, and Eric Dixon's one of them guys who can come into spring practice and, 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 and do something. And then him and Dada share their time. Jeremiah Robson Earl comes in at the four position. With Sadiq Bay, you got uh, Jermaine Samuels. All right, that could happen. Jermaine Samuels, Cole Swider, Eric Dixon. And then you got Brandon Slater, Javon Quinterly, with Brian Antoine and Colin Gillespie. I think that could happen. I think it could be a, a that type of... It just depends. This is going to be a very fun thing to see. But I just think that next year you're going to see a lot more Quinterly. I don't think Quinterly is uh, going to not start, though. I'm just giving everything the benefit of the doubt. I'm also giving a great reason why you know, uh, Villanova's team is going to be good because they're going to have so many ways to match up. You got Quinterly, Gillespie, Justin Moore, Antoine. They can all bring the ball up. All those guards can bring the ball up. There's a difference between being a point guard and bringing the ball up. The true point guard is Quinterly. Nobody can slice and dice a defense like Quinterly. And to me, if you look at this team, there was times Gillespie had to fall back and run around and let Booth handle the ball. You know what I mean? When, when things got on the line, who was the point guard? It was Booth. They didn't give it to Gillespie. To, to, you know what I mean? They gave it to Booth when it was crunch time. When it's time for Gillespie to be the guy and be the point guard. And, you know, it's a different, it's a whole, it's a bigger issue to being a point guard than just, you know, dribbling the ball. You got to know where to, where to dribble it, how to dribble it, what you're looking at in the defense. You got to be fast and quick. And your decision making decisive. Gillespie can only go but so fast. But if you let Gillespie run around and don't have to have the ball in his hands, and you got guys chasing this guy around, they're not gonna be able to keep up with him. He's gonna score about Gillespie's gonna score about six, 16 points a game next year if they let him be that shooting guard guy. 
if they let him run around a little bit. If you got Quinley and Antoine, and then you bring in Gillespie for Antoine, then you bring in Gillespie for Quinley. Like I think that three guard rotation is gonna be super. It's gonna be times when you look at, like I told you, like my starting five right now is Quinley, Gillespie. The, the, the experienced guys, Bay, Samuels, and Dada, that could be the starting five right there. These guys know the team. They've been there. They fought all hard last year. You got three guys who got rings on the, on the starting five. I mean, boom. Then you come off the bench with two five stars. You know what I mean? Like, next year when Dada plays, it's going to be kind of hard to play Dada because now they got two guys who they can throw there at the center and, and drop Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Eric Dixon. You got two guys you could throw in there to let Dada rest. Dada really can't get too much rest. As much as Eric Pascal is, you know, he does his thing at the five position, he has to get back to the four. It was good that Cole Swider come back, but he has to get back to the four and do that. And then Dada has to come there and play defense. Now, you don't have to do all that rushing. It's just so many ways you can, you know, rotate that. There's so many ways you can rotate that. Um, all right, let's get some recruiting news real quick before I get out of here, man. Just want to give y'all some quick Villanova radio news. Um, Lynn Greer, yes, Lynn Greer is still being recruited by Nova. All right. Um, and he got some big news. Real big news. Shea Evans, a guy who who took a visit to Nova a couple of years ago. Hoops Mania. He took two straight consecutive visits. And, and now the recruiting could pick back up because he, I have big news for high school basketball. I'm going to talk about it more. But he's talking about going to Roman Catholic to pair with Shea Evans for his senior year. Or to pair with Lynn Greer for his senior year. Also, Jalen Dern is another Villanova recruit. 2022 class. Uh, front power forward. Three guys all, you know what I mean? Like, it could be a Villanova affair real quick. Could be a Lynn Greer sighting. And I think they're, they're recruiting Lynn Greer just in case Jeremy Roach says, ah, uh-uh, uh-uh. Same thing with uh, Seth Lundy. They was recruiting Seth. He's a Roman Catholic. He, he signed with Penn State. Seth Lundy was being recruited hard. I talked to Seth Lundy, you know what I mean? And he was being recruited hard. On, on the cages, I had talked to Seth, and he, he was like, yo, I just want, I, you know, I love Nova, but I need to offer. You know, people want them offers, man. Let you know they want them. You can recruit a person all you want. But if you ain't got no offer, people are like, all right. Same thing with Lynn Greer. You need that offer. But the thing is, this is how it goes. Brian Antoine was who they wanted. And when they got Brian Antoine, I don't think there was a Seth Lundy thought no more. Because Seth Lundy, to me, if you look at it, you had Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine. They wanted them both. But they had to, they had to think, am I going to get a big man? Do I want Scotty Lewis at small forward? You got all these small forwards now. Slater. Samuels, Sadiq Bay. So we would, I, I think they eventually was like, why do we get Scotty Lewis? Why, why would that be even remotely? After they got Sadiq Bay for the, for the class before, I think they X'd out Scotty Lewis. I think they completely X'd out Scotty Lewis. And they still wanted to get him. It still came down. They still thought about getting him. But eventually they backed off. They ended up backing off. If he wasn't going to change, if, if he wasn't going, if Villanova would have changed their mind and went after him, it was only two schools that could get him. It was Villanova and Florida. After that, it was no other school. If Villanova would have came in, they would have X'd out Florida. It would have been over with. He would have been with his boy, and it went down. But they didn't. They, it was Florida. 
Now, talking more about that, another guy, Elijah Hudson Everett, a center who can shoot the three. He's inside, very fluent big man. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Another bit. And then Jeremy Roach is the, the number one. Like, everything's going to revolve around if Jeremy Roach, because if Jeremy Roach commits, let me tell y'all another effect that's going to happen. Villanova's going to offer Scotty Barnes. It's going to happen. Just, 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 these two guys are good, and Villanova has been recruiting them. They recruited them last year. I don't know how, you know, 2020 is not going to really get kicked up until Villanova finishes the season. When they finish the season, they will get on the 2020 class. Guarantee you. Villanova will get on the 2020 class. But right now, the season's not over. They got to teach these young bucks. They got to get the culture back after four guys, top guys left for the NBA and were drafted and are getting time and are producing, mind you. This is how good they were. If did Dante DiVincenzo and Spellman wouldn't have left, they would have been in contention for number one. One guy hit me up. He was like, man, you got to say that DeAndre Ayton and all of them. And one of my followers, to answer one of my followers, there's no way I have to say DeAndre Ayton. And, and Trey Young and Bagley. They don't make no sense because those guys were considered number one type picks coming out of high school. Dante DiVincenzo was a sophomore. No, he was on nobody's radar. Even after the champion, if he wouldn't have had the MO, that, that most outstanding, that great uh, national championship game, and he was already being looked at as a, as a, a prospect for the 2018 draft, but he wasn't looked at as a first round prospect. He looked at as a second round prospect. People started seeing as the season went on what Dante DiVincenzo was cooking for, but he was a second round guy. So now, after the national championship, he went up to a first round guy, mid first round. Wow. Dante DiVincenzo. After working all and Spellman. No, if it wasn't for the success of Villanova, people wouldn't have been like, man, did you see that center too? That man Spellman, that five-star, he looked good. He could hit trade balls. He's smooth and boom, there it was. If it wasn't for Dante DiVincenzo, but none of them would have been. DiVincenzo's game got Spellman drafted. You know, it just, it just really made you look at that whole team like, wow. So now, let's look into this team more and more. It's more and more fluently and looking at Spellman. If them guys would have stayed, they would have been all – these first team, you're talking about Phil Booth and Dante Tivicenzo. Yes, Phil Booth would have been a point. Tivicenzo would have been the uh, shooting guard. They would have had Gillespie and they would have had um, Quinterly backing up. No doubt in my mind, Gillespie would have been getting a lot of time. Quinterly would have got some time. Just like I'm looking at now, right? I mean, I just feel like that would have been Gillespie as a three-guard rotation. And Quinterly would have been falling back. So now, if you look at this team and you look at what Spelman would have did with Pascal, Sadiq Bay, obviously would have had that would have been something special. That team would have been number one all year, <laughs> and they would have went excuse me, they would have went right back hiccups. Wow, they would have went right back to um, the national championship. They would have won. Same thing I said when Dante DiVincenzo was hurt. No, I mean, uh, who was it? Spellman was hurt. The year after they won, when Phil Booth went bananas in the national championship, and they won. It was North Carolina. 
If Spelman would have played that year with a big man with Josh Hart and all them, it would have been a different game. It would have been a different game. And if they would have won that year, Spelman would have been playing. No, Spelman would have been drafted. I think he would have been gone then. I think it's something about exposing the national championship. Because the DiVincenzo was playing that year. That would have been something different. Now, with DiVincenzo coming back and learning from that year, he was so much more better, so much more crisp. Spellman, he lost weight. He got so much more quicker, faster, explosive, could shoot even better. They would have came back. They would have dominated. Those guys would have dominated. Phil Booth would not have scored the points he's scoring, but he would have been a, a beast. Him and DiVincenzo probably would have been, I think, 16 points a game for Booth and about 18 points a game for DiVincenzo and about 15 points a game for Spellman and about 15 and 10. I think 15 and 10 would have been him. I mean, until you tell me more, two blocks, I think he just would have been a beast. And Pascal would have been scoring 15 points a game. It would been a good balance. And then you're looking at Sadiq Bay probably score like eight, nine a game. You know, because he's not going to be no balls to go around like that. He could have scored 10 a game, but I think it'd be like eight, nine. Look at him now. Look what he's scoring now. And, you know, he would have been in that range, the same range he's doing now. And it'd have been killer because you got Jermaine. I mean, it'd have been killer, killer team. But they're gone. And now you had the young books learn. It's going to do nothing but make them a better team. 2021 recruiting. I did a big interview with Trey Patterson, who talks about Villanova. He's the number one recruit. They've been recruiting for a long time. It's like the eighth grade. You got Georgetown at them, Merlin. You got uh, Florida. You go look at that interview on VU Sports. It's a VIP. For all y'all ain't got the VIP, VIP is the big interview. They're the big, they're the big deals. So you go get Trey Patterson. That's what, that's what you do. You go get a Trey Patterson. You know, I think they'll end up offering him eventually. I think he'll be the first offer out of 2021 class. Then Terrence Clark, yes, they had visited him. He went to Three Rivers High School before and transferred to Brewster. Dynamic team, my second favorite team in the in the country next to IMG. And if I'm rating teams, if I'm rating teams, I think it's IMG and Brewster. And Brewster's just totally good. Jamal Mashburn Jr., Jalen LeCue, uh, Kay Jones. I mean... That team right there is phenomenal. Phenomenal, all right? So, those are you guys there. Don't forget, in 2021, there's a Chet Holmgren sighting. It's a Chet Holmgren sighting. He's a center, and he definitely he plays with um, Jalen Suggs. Chet Holmgren's another guy to watch out for. So these are still the... And let's go to 2020 a little more. Yes. There's one guy you need to watch out for. I think get an offer real soon. Real soon. In 2020. That's Johnny Juzang. I think Johnny Juzang commits. They're, they're kind... Listen. Johnny Juzang is being recruited hard by Nova. And, and it's a five-star. And he's so perfect because he's a... he's To me... Or him and RJ Hampton are the best shooters in the country. Them boys can scorch it, right? And so you get Juzang and, and Villanova, I think he's a 20-point scorer. I just think the way he shoots is almost, you can't leave him open like you can leave other people open. I mean, Cole Swider can shoot, all right? That's a heck of a shooter. I think he's the best pure shooter on Villanova right now. But Johnny Juzang? Woo! 
Jesus. Imagine him and Cole Swider. Cole Swider gonna be there for a year, no doubt. I mean, Cole Swider could could be a star at senior year. He could be the biggest player of the year. You got Brandon Slater. He'll be there. He'll be. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of Johnny Juzang is a beast, man. You're talking about a guy with length and could could pass the ball, could shoot. I mean, he could do it all at the at the shooting guard position. He can play. You know, he can guard all. He can guard three positions. It's big. So, um, out again, y'all, Villanova, listen, Villanova doing their thing, and I can't wait to see what this championship brings. It's going to be big, y'all. They're playing Seton Hall, and Seton Hall upset at Marquette 81-79. I think Villanova comes in here and does it again, man. I mean, this is just the best coaching job he's ever done. I've seen him do a lot. I think this is the best coaching job. So, I'm out, y'all. Villanova Radio It's your boy. I want to come through quick, man, give y'all some updates. I'm out, y'all. Follow leader. Villanova.